Neptunians, it is I, Bobby Neptune, and this is another episode of I Don't Know Yet. So I'm going to jump right in talking about what I just saw, Floyd Mayweather facing off with Logan Paul, and uh, he took his hat off and said, I got your hat, and ran off with it, and it got really, really, really heated, and Floyd seemed like he wasn't playing. Like, I mean, I know most of the time they set these little face-off things up, and, you know, it's just for the... For the show, you know what I mean? For the people. But um, this one looked a little real. And uh, I know that they've gotten heated in the past, like not between these two, but like in boxing history and fight history, that there definitely have been face offs that have gotten um, physical and have gotten serious. And uh, Floyd Mayweather was even his voice was even a little hoarse after that. He was yelling so much at dude. But um, something that I heard uh, a boxer say, a pro boxer say, was that um, these two dudes are making a mockery of the sport. And, you know, in the beginning, when I did my uh, Say It Ain't So Nate episode, I just figured it was just like some fluke shit. You know, some dudes that were on some Kimbo Slice shit, but not quite Kimbo Slice. Rest in peace. Um, You know, and they were just trying to get the bag, which is cool. But then after, you know, a couple more fights, I'm like, yo, they really like not really, really boxing, but they're really actually having more than one exhibition. There are people in other countries that eat, breathe live shit piss boxing and they haven't had a pro fight yet they haven't gotten to a bag yet and it's like these two dudes that are not even amateur class boxers they're barely over street fighters because of the things that they've done like the fights that they've had and stuff i'm pretty sure that they're getting like decent training but it's not like the dudes that have been boxing for 10 years plus you know what I'm saying? It's not like the, the people that have been boxing since they were children. It's not like they're the men and women that have had the gloves on since before they could even walk. You know, these dudes are doing this just to get some money and because they feel like it's fun. And it's crazy because Floyd Mayweather is a whole different type of beast than those other little fights that, that um, they've been through. Floyd Mayweather will allow you to not be knocked out. Or he will knock you out. You know what I'm saying? It's totally different when, you know, he's fighting against other boxers. And the thing is, Floyd Mayweather has fought some names in his time. It wasn't like, and, you know, I'm not, there's no shade against any of the boxers that are boxing now. It's not your fault that boxing is the way it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying in Floyd's day and age, you know, there were some names in there. You know, and he actually fought a lot of, he fought a lot of names and beat a lot of people that a lot of other people were scared of in the boxing world. So, you know, there's something to be said about that. Whereas you, so you can't, you can't even think for a minute. I know like for one moment, neither one, the brother or the other brother feels like that they're going to, that this fight is going to be won. You know what I'm saying? Unless somehow somebody comes through like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or somebody with way more money than Floyd comes through and says, We'll pay you this of much money to throw the fight. And I don't even know if he'd do that just because he, you know, why would you want to lose your only fight to this motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? But like, the, you know, he's a money hungry dude. So like, I feel like a certain bag might make him, you know, change his mind. But other than that, you know, there's no way. There's no way unless somebody was to throw a marble in the ring and he stepped on it the most serendipitous of moments and slipped and busted his ass and it was over or unless there was like shit on the boxing glove that he couldn't see or it straight up paralyzed him 
Um, so there's no way that he's going to lose none at all. And if he does, there's something behind it. Now, um, you know, I definitely agree that if not even if I definitely agree that they definitely are mock, 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 poor impersonations of boxers. You know what I'm saying? There is no real boxing skill. It's just like you've been in more fights in the last six or seven months than you've been, than you've been in your life. So you're going to naturally change certain things and styles and, and moves and shit like that. But you can't learn how to be a pro boxer in two years, like from nothing at all, from nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about a pro boxer to step into the ring with somebody of Floyd Mayweather's caliber. Now, you could box for two years and then fight and have, and have fights. You know what I'm saying? But you'll have to go through amateur ranks and different shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And you'll actually have to build your skills and then your your squad, your coaches and your trainers and shit will have to have enough faith to be like, let's put this person in the ring. So it does. it's not just like you just come out and then boom. So you know what I mean? But I can't wait to see the fight. Um, you know, I think that that move that dude just made was stupid. You know what I'm saying? Unless it was the most most nth degree of planning. And if it was planned and Floyd acted, then that nigga deserves a goddamn Oscar. You know what I'm saying? Because that was some good ass acting. But I'm feeling like it wasn't. And I feel like it's going to be a devastating fight. Floyd, I just hope you carry the dude so we can, you know, at least get four or five rounds out of it before you put him down. You know, and I mean, not even going to hit you once. But you know what I'm saying? I'll, you know, we can take bets on that. How many times do you think that Floyd is going to get actually a clean shot how many times do you think he's gonna get hit with a clean shot in that fight looking forward to it can't wait and uh that's about that on that now i want to talk about psychedelics a little bit um just because these things are trending so hard that it's it's weird you know it's it's weird coming from the person coming from, coming from a person who like you know i was a classic like high school stoner had to like sneak in garages and smoke and like find the best spots and, you know, um, trip with your friends when you don't even really understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying? In these moments. But then as you get older and you realize that there is a separation between maybe the way that you perceive things and the way that people around you perceive things, not saying that a psychedelic experience is the only thing that did that to you, but saying that the way you looked at the world was changed from it or the way you looked at friendship was changed from that sense of unity that you get when you're in these moments. You know what I'm saying? And um, now it's become so trendy that uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've heard about racism in the psychedelic community, not saying that it never existed, but we're talking about mushrooms. We're talking about ayahuasca. We're talking about, you know, um, cannabis. We're talking about nature, things that when done, no color applies to it. You know what I'm saying? There is no there is nothing there that says that, that, as soon as a black person picks up a mushroom, it doesn't just die. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't just say start crying like, oh, put me down. You know what I mean? I, I don't understand. I mean, matter of fact, let me let me run that back. I do understand why all the things that are going on now, it's like a big ass stew of all the shit. So it's like because racism is always a thing, 
You know what I'm saying? And it's always in the pot. Racism is always in the pot getting stirred. Whatever else comes in, got to get thrown in the pot, too. So since racism is already the main ingredient, you throw some mushrooms in there, you throw some weed in there. And now you stir racism in with psychedelics and plant medicine. And it's and it, it, it's beginning to get really, really fucked up and stupid because no one owns this shit. No one. It's it's not. Feeling like it's your responsibility to do it is so egotistical. It doesn't make sense. Feeling saying it's my responsibility to share my knowledge of psychedelics with society is so egotistical of you. When a person is ready to take a journey, whether it's people or a person, they will serendipitously. I like that word. So I used it twice today. They will make an effort to meet certain requirements in their own mind and then they'll take that journey you know and then they'll be into the uh, in the world where other people can come to them and say y'all want to share this information with you y'all want to share this with you y'all. but don't feel like it's your responsibility to have you know a psychedelic uh uh podium and feel like you just got to stand on that shit and be like i the one of the ambassadors of psilocybin and ayahuasca and the sacred plant medicine of cannabis is here to tell you know the masses about how it should be and how you should do it and what type of sitter you should have and what type of environment and my cash app is in my bio like that's some fuck shit you know what i'm saying like these are things that are supposed to be done to reconnect us with each other to reconnect us with the, the 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 gods and the earth, the heavens and the suns, the moons and the waterfalls, like shit that you don't understand if you don't understand sacred geometry, the framework of the universe, like these things that you could see before your very eyes under certain altered states, you know. And the thing about it is, you can definitely achieve these altered states without psychedelics. You can. I mean, everybody talks about, you know, the pineal gland. That's another trendy topic. But nobody talks about the fourth eye. But I will put everybody on to the fourth eye in in another episode. That's just a whole whole nother thing. And I've already got some astral projection shit lined up. So anyway, um, you know, the pineal gland, you know, produces DMT. Right. So like DMT is something else that you can take. That's a super, super trip. Niggas ain't even ready for DMT. You know what I'm saying? That's that. And so, like, I, I mean, it's being pushed too. but the same thing. People ain't even like people are out there trying to trying to do a hero dose of shrooms on their first dose. And then there's people saying, yeah, do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, just do it. Just do it. Just jump right. And it's like, yo, why can't people just get to their own spot on their own? You know what I mean? Just even knowing about those things, there's a there's immediate peer pressure. Once you hear about, well, what's the hero dose? You know what I'm saying? There's immediate pressure put on you to feel like, oh, man, I got to try to reach that. And then I heard a motherfucker say that they took 24 grams or 13 grams or something like that. And it's like, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're in in public spaces, when you're talking about things like that, that you wouldn't even normally talk about just around anybody because there's a you know, what I'm saying? it just wasn't that just that's just not how the culture used to work. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody is not ready for that shit because they have to be brought to it on their own. You know what I'm saying? In their own way. But now it's like, nigga, we just going to keep throwing this in your face, pushing it in your face. And then it has people who don't even do the shit putting a bad name on it. You know what I'm saying? Taking the respect off of what it is, putting it in the same stew, in the same pot as cocaine 
as crack, as pills, as lean. You know what I mean? I, I heard somebody say, you know, people get coked out. They get they pop pills and they get shroomed out. What the fuck is shroomed out? Like I've never I've never walked down the block and just been like, man, that nigga shroomed out, dog. I've seen cracked out niggas. I've seen coked out niggas. I've seen niggas succumb to the drinky drink. You know what I'm saying? But I've ne it's never even been a slang term to be like, yo, that nigga shroomed out. Now, mind you, you can get shroomed out. You know what I'm saying? But that's under circumstances of you deciding what you want to do with yourself. It's not like you're out here just taking shrooms and fucking around looking stupid. You know what I'm saying? Running around begging people for money like on on some 1980s Reaganomic crack shit. You know what I'm saying? And if people don't understand what the differences are, you can go watch a documentary right now on Netflix called Crack. And it shows so much. I didn't even know that they had this. I think it's a problem that they had this much footage of people smoking crack. It doesn't even make sense to me. But there is at least two hours of footage of people just smoking crack. You know what I'm saying? And they just talking in the background about shit. And they might show some presidents in between. But that's only two hours of footage. They've got plenty more. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to see what like the drugs that people are trying to compare this to are, go watch that shit. Go watch any documentary on actual drugs you know what i'm saying like the actual drugs like the drugs that future rapped about the drugs that they promote to our, our children that are fucking killing them the drugs that they put alongside the music that has guns in it that kills other people that those those are the things but that's not the sacred plant medicine so for people that don't fuck with it if you don't fuck with it, don't say nothing about it. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Don't just be out here fear mongering motherfuckers. So then they could be like, oh, man, if I take this shit, I'm going to be a crackhead. I'm scared. I don't want to do this. I'm scared. And then the fact that so many people want to. I don't know why they want to do this. You know, somebody's going to put me on to why this wants to be done. But so many people want to, like. Meet other beings and shit you know what i'm saying now the thing is coming from a place of a person who is heavily involved in paranormal and i've been through my fair share of weird encounters and experiences that's nothing that you want you know what i'm saying like you're not like asking for that shit in itself is asking for some shit that you don't even understand truly you know what i'm saying because most people don't ask for the things for those things they're usually just brought on by something whether you have whether you live in a haunted house whether you are somewhere and something happens whether it is from psychedelics whether it is from meditation whether it's from weed whatever it's from most of the time it's not because somebody's like please please come down and, and and do this and show yourself but everybody now wants to be part of that they want that you know what i'm saying so now it's getting to a point where people think, damn, as soon as I take this shit, what, what am I going to see? What am I going to do? And I've heard people say, man, I don't want nothing to come down and fuck with me. So I'm, I'm scared. I'm not going to take it. I, and, I, you know, like I said, it's not it's not my job to try to convince somebody. Oh, man, fuck that shit. Take some truth because they could because they already formulated a certain idea in their mind. Certain things might happen. So I'm not going to advocate that shit. And then they end up having a fucked up time. And then it's like, you know, nigga, I listen to you. You know what I'm saying? So. I just think that if you ain't never done it, don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Because it makes you, it, it, it kind of exposes the way that a person thinks when you just go in on something that you've never even done or experienced. That's it's, it's stupid to me. So, you know, that's 
what I got to say about that. Make sure if you are taking part in the sacred plant medicine that, you know, if you need somebody to sit with you, have them sit with you. If you feel like you need to pay somebody to sit with you because it might make you feel better, pay them. But to the sitters, don't just be out here charging niggas an arm and a leg, trying to get it, trying to come up off some shit. That's that's natural. When you're you know, that that experience, especially if somebody comes to you and they feel you know, vulnerable enough to be like, I want you to sit with me when I go through this. You know what I'm saying? That's that's some deep shit. Don't fuck it up with human constructed greenbacks. All right. So now it's, it's staying in the same vein, I guess. I'm going to talk about some astral projection. So astral projection, a.k.a. the intentional out of body experience that separates the soul or the astral body from the physical which is capable of traveling through the universe. Now, most of the time when people talk about astral projection, we're usually talking about the basics. You know what I'm saying? I meditated, I floated above my body and so on. No one usually, I mean, I don't really hear a lot of, you know, I don't want to say super, super deep, but I don't usually hear a lot more after that than just that, except somebody else's personal experience, like what they did when they were astral projecting. Now, we know astral projection is known through the world, through all the different cultures, all the different religions. Uh, it's in the Bible and Corinthians, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, you know, Hermeticism, like all of these things um, are associated with astral projection. And astral projection is also closely associated with deep meditation. Now, you can astral project while you're awake or you can astral project while you're asleep. Now, um, the Hermeticists, they referred to astral projection or the astral body as intermediate as the intermediate light body linking the rational soul to the physical world. And the rational soul, it uses two faculties to identify things. One of them is intellectus or intellect, which is seeing a self-evident, a self-evident truth. So, you know, something that you can see and from the sight of it, you know, it's true. You know, it's real. You know, it's official. Second one is ratio, you know, and that's just trying to prove a non self-evident truth. So something you can see, but it's not completely evident that it is what it is. So you got to try to prove it step by step process. Now, um, that's what the rational soul is. And that's, you know, what's usually or what's supposed to be in this physical world. Now, there's a lot of different um, elements when it comes to the astral world, when it comes to astral travel, astral projection. And um, there's a lot of things that are similar to it that uh, I don't think that that I haven't heard a lot of breakdowns for. So I like to, you know, put it out there. Um, there's etheric versus astral. Now, the etheric world is the second layer after the physical body in which energy and elements can pass through the ether. And spell work has a very real effect in uh, the etheric plane. Um, action in this in this realm can cause your astral body to be blocked if your energy is too heavy or too dense. Now, when you're sleeping, um, you can have what's called a lucid dream. Now, a lucid dream is when you're fully aware that what's going on with you is a dream. I'll tell you about my first the first time I, I lucid dreamed is when. I always had this dream that I was in high school again, you know, and within the dream, I would always be thinking to myself, why am I in high school? I'm too old for this. 
Like I would just be thinking like, dude, I, like there's I'm sitting in a classroom. All all the all the people around me, you know, are students. You know what I'm saying? Like they're all young. They're all like I like I didn't I couldn't see individuals except for the people that like I pulled into my dream world. Like, you know, people that I knew already. But I knew I was in a high school with teens and my old um Mr. Cook, my old dean of students was there. Everybody's there and they're making supreme eye contact with me. And I'm like, why the fuck am I my age, 35 years old and I'm in high school and nobody notices. And then one day, like one of these dreamscapes, I was like, you know what? I'm dreaming. And from that point on. Like I was it wasn't it wasn't a I, it wasn't an exercise. I, you know, there's people out there who can actually, you know, um, do it can like there's exercises to be able to lose a dream. It was just in that moment. So every time I would dream and I would be back in high school because all my dreams weren't that. But every time I would be back in this base, this high school base, I would be able to lose a dream and I would know I'm dreaming. So anything that happened, it was pretty much, you know, saying in my control. Um and from that, you know, you're able to exit the dream world itself. And then that's when you, you know, you enter into the astral realm, which is the realm of the spheres. Now, astral versus lucid dreaming. Um, like I said, you can exit through dreams to get into the astral world and lucid in lucid states. You can also control your dreams. Now, astral projection itself can help with lucid dreaming and lucid dreaming can help with astral projection. So they actually work in conjunction with each other, but they're not the same thing. Lucidity is only used within the dream of the practitioner. So the person who is dreaming at the time. So if it's me, I'm using lucid dreaming at the I'm, I'm the one that's doing it. But the astral realm is always there. The astral realm is there whether we're woke or whether we're asleep. It's just la it's layered over our reality and our physical world uh, every day, all the time, eternally. Lucid dreaming opens a door through the subconscious, but astral projection is taking the soul and the consciousness of you to the astral world. Now, astral projection versus something else that's very, very similar out of body experiences um, they're usually brought on. The difference is astral is something that you can control and you can do yourself. Out of body experiences are usually brought on by near death experiences. In these moments, they have way less depth than true astral travel. And there's only two forms of sensory input. While when you're astral projecting, uh, all your senses are active even more like the five senses of, of physical earth. And, you know, what I mean, there's probably six or seven or eight senses of physical earth, but the senses that they tell you that you use here and all the other senses you have access to while astral projection projecting. Now, out of body experiences usually entail angelic visits, communication, time slowing down, which are the same for um, astral projection as well. But they're very different when you're breaking them down, you know, because one is more so like, uh, you know, how they say. Um, you know, when you, uh, a lot of people say that they were there was a bright light and they were they felt compelled to go towards the light type thing. And in astral projection, it's different in the way that you don't feel like there's some force like trying to pull you or, or something that, you know what I mean? You're in control. It's 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 very, 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 very different. Um, and OBEs out of body experiences are not done through force of will. They're not telepathic. So they're not done through force of will. Or through force, <laughs> they're not done through force of will or through force of skill. 
I had to get that rhyme out because, you know, Bobby Neptune. Uh, the astral plane is between the heavens and the earth, and it's made up of the spheres of planets and stars. Now, it's said that there's seven planes of existence, and I will get into those. Don't worry about it. You know, we're definitely going to tackle all seven. But right now, we're only talking about the astral plane or the astral realm. Now, the world of celestial spheres is crossed by the soul and its astral body on the way to being born and after death. So the astral world basically has souls that haven't been born yet, but are on their way and souls that have recently been deceased. Now, it's said that the recently deceased can live on the astral plane for as long as they want, and then they can decide when they want to move on to other planes, to the higher planes of uh, from the astral plane. Um, it said that angels and other immaterial beings inhabit the astral plane as they do inhabit uh, other planes as well. And the angel, uh, you know, because all these these terms are subjective. So I'm saying, you know, when I say these things, I don't want people to think immediately, oh, dudes with wings flying like angelic energy, angelic force, angelic um, you know, the word angel and angelic in itself does not always mean a single entity. It can be a collective. You know what I'm saying? It could just be the energy itself, but it's just a word. You know what I'm saying? It's all semantics. We're human beings and there's a construct that we're in. I've spoken about it before. Um, and we're all trying to find a way out of it, but, uh, the way out won't have any of the things that are in. So using words that we know mean certain things, but we don't have to take it as it's, I'm saying like I'm speaking out of the King James Bible. I'm just talking about angelic energy, angelic beings, not necessarily being the Archangel Michael himself or Gabriel or, or you know what I mean? So I don't want anybody just to because I've, I've heard numerous conversations. And as soon as people say certain things like angel or shit like that, it immediately goes left. So, you know, I just want that to be uh, understood. Now, it's understood that all consciousness resides on this plane, all consciousness. So. The thing that's so dope about that to me is that we, this physical world is so physical that um, it, it's it's hard for one to recognize that um, at the same time, each being on this planet, each being on this planet's consciousness is in the astral realm as well. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that body is there whether you inhabit it or whether you haven't figured out how or whether you only inhabit it through dreams. It's always there. And I think that's super dope. Now, um, in the book, the autobiography of a yogi, uh, the author Yoganda writes that the astral universe is hundred times hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times bigger than our material universe with astral planets and astral beings. Um, it's really, really interesting, too, because. As you increase the, uh, the, the, you know, the seven spheres, as you increase each sphere, the beings themselves, they get real different. You know what I mean? Like they go from some of them. I mean, in some of these higher realms, a being may be what we call an ocean or a being, like I said, may be a collective like it, 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 being me. It takes on whole different meanings. And like I said, that's what the construct it, 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 it limits so much. Just because, you know, those things are like so much bigger than just the word itself, you know. Now, in, in you know, in history, there have been three studies of self-reported anomalous 
body experiences. And that's what the scientists call them. Scientists call out of body experiences or astral projections anomalous body experiences. Um, because, you know, what scientist really wants to run around and say, yo, this person astral projected. Um, so and they said that they found three of them in average people. So none of these people were yogis. None of them were, um, you know, super supreme meditators or anything like that. And one noted that most instances of spontaneous anomalous body experiences occurred definitely during relaxed and borderline sleeping states. And so that, you know, goes right with, like I said in the beginning, meditation or while being asleep. One third of the people that this happened to uh, reported seeing their body from a different perspective, while most re reported visual somatosensory shifts in perspective. So, you know, astral projection in itself, um, you know, can be explained in a lot of different ways as far as how a person gets there. Because uh, everyone doesn't have everyone doesn't do it through meditation. Everyone doesn't have that training. So some people might daydream and astral project. Some people might have to sleep, never lucid dream and astral project. Some people might lucid dream and astral project. But the one thing that is that is there and that is always there is that world, the astral world. You know what I'm saying? And the ability for us to. To be able just to when we do enter our astral bodies to be in that world, I think is some of the most awesome, great shit that could be here, especially um, when we're on a planet that like most of the time is surrounded by material shit, ego shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, things that we feel like we have to have in order for us to be uh, important. You know, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, getting in and, it's, and the thing is, you know, I've heard these arguments time and time again about people who say that, you know, you're just it's just a dream. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, there is there are there is a supreme difference between dreaming and astral projection. You know, I've, I've gone into it a little bit. But if you if you feel like it's just a dream, then, you know, maybe you have not reached the astral realm yet. If you're if, if, if through the whole flick. You feel like it's just your brain trying to explain what it can't understand because you're dreaming. Then maybe you have not reached that yet because the astral realm or the astral world is a world just like this world. It's just not in this world. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from it, especially when, you know, you want to find out about something. You hear people's anecdotes and their personal experiences, but really take some time to do the work yourself. You know what I'm saying? If you're really, really interested in it, take some time to, you know, call some people who who have written about this stuff. You know, try to get in some people's DMs and, and you know, actual yogis and actual um, people who practice and people who meditate and people who know how to lucid dream. And, and maybe you'll be able to um, they'll be able to guide you to that. It's, 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 you know, it's the same thing with the psychedelics, because through psychedelics, you can also astral project. And the thing is, you don't want to end up in a situation where you're now floating above your body and you don't know what to do, you know, because there are other things that you do have to know. You know, there is um, levels of protection that you may want to have have and set for yourself. There are certain intentions that you may want to have and set for yourself. So I just think that everyone who's anyone that wants to know about anything should listen to what people say 
But also make sure you do some work because it's way deeper than that. Um, you know, I'm Bobby Neptune. Make sure you uh, download all of the EPs. Make sure you go listen to all the episodes that I don't know yet. And uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Bobby Neptune, over and out.